Hey everyone, I'm Ryan Kalamea. And I'm Amy Gosha. Welcome to The Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. Divorce is not easy. It really sucks. Trust me, I know. Besides being an experienced divorce attorney, I'm also a divorce client. Whether you are someone considering divorce or a fellow family law attorney, listen in for weekly tips and insight into topics related to divorce, co-parenting, and separation in Colorado. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce at Altitude. This is Ryan Kalamea. This week, we're going to be talking about spousal maintenance, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amy Gosha. How are you, Amy? Good. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. We're going to talk about money. We've been on the spousal maintenance and alimony train, so let's ride that up the the mountain and and down back the backside. So this week, what what are we talking about in particular with uh, spousal maintenance? Um, We're going to be looking at Colorado and also the maintenance guidelines, but also how there's such a variance between just the United States and different states. So that's really interesting and I think will be helpful for people. Yeah, a study was done by uh, Custody Exchange on alimony across the uh, country. And uh, listeners may recall, I've had Shea drafts from the Custody Exchange to come in and talk about the rates of settlement for parenting disputes. and. They have a whole host of different studies that they've done. This one in particular, we thought would be interesting for people to to hear our take and how Colorado stacks up with other states. And so we'll, we'll get into that. Amy, just for working knowledge, just generally, we've talked before about alimony and, and spousal maintenance in high-income uh, divorces. That was episode 185. We've also come up with a, a series of how-to uh, podcasts, but Just the general definition and purpose of spousal maintenance, can you clue uh, listeners in on what the the purpose and definition of spousal maintenance is? Really, the definition of spousal maintenance is a need to the spouse that doesn't make as much in a marriage. And I'll be asking you, Ryan, some more specifics in Colorado. But it really is to bridge that gap from when you're married and you have all of the money and then you're dividing it up for spouses to move forward in their lives. So that's just the general premise of that. And then there's, if people have children, then there's also child support, which is separate. And as I have broken down in some of these how-to episodes, there are a bunch of factors that the court has to take into consideration. And, And when I say the court, divorce lawyers like us, we also take into consideration and, and people doing it on their own, they, they should as well. And the statute is 1410 114. And really, there's a variety of factors. It's age, health, economic circumstances. Our hypothetical divorce clients, Eric and Melanie Wolf, if Melanie gets a rental property, that's going to be considered because it's going to generate income. But another factor that Colorado has that we'll get into in terms of the study that's unique. So Colorado has a guideline or a formula. Now that formula, it, it, is supposed to end or not apply when Eric and Melanie make a combined amount of $240,000 per year, or if it's more than that, then the guideline for the amount does not apply. And the formula for the amount, and I'll talk about the duration next, but the duration or the amount is supposed to be the 40% of the parties' combined monthly adjusted income. So if Eric and Melanie 
if they make, you know, combined amount $100,000 in a year, then you take 40% of that and then you reduce it by if Melanie is the less, the lower income producer, whatever her income is. And so it's a formula and it applies for 240. You and I were talking about the $240,000 threshold. That's interesting because that hasn't been updated as we are discussing inflation. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you and I were just discussing how various things have been updated for inflation and that just has not been taken into, into account in Colorado. What's interesting is that the combined gross income for even the child support statute in Colorado has been updated to at least 360000 So I think, you know, there is a need in Colorado to, to update that. And one question I have for you, Ryan, in Colorado, is this formula, is it presumptive or is it just something that a court can take into consideration when looking at whether or not to award spousal maintenance in a divorce? Good question. We get asked that all the time. So it under the law, it is, it's not supposed to be presumptive. It's supposed to be one of the factors. And one thing that we'll talk about, Amy, is just how that can vary in terms of judge by judge. There are certainly judges that I am aware of who they use the formula and that's what they do. And, and, and they're, they're, by law, they are required to have the other factors, but uh, that is just, it's, it's almost a rubber stamp. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be one of fact, one of the, the many uh, factors along with the age and some of these other things. But then also in terms of the duration, the duration, there is a, a formula for the duration. That's not, that's irrespective of the amount. And to put a little bit more context in terms of what we were talking about with the $240,000, the standard deduction by the IRS has increased. And that is because of inflation. And the social security payout has increased. And that's because of in inflation. And so generally in the age of inflation, people are making more money. They're spending more money because things cost more. And that's just the whole principle of inflation. But that $240,000, we had Robin Beatty on to talk about the updates with the law on the 1410-114 with the statute. But it, it, that was several years ago. And we've had some notable inflation since then. And they haven't updated it. It is something that is a little bit unique. But Amy, let's talk about, we've referenced this custody exchange study. Do you want to give listeners maybe just a little high level insight into what the study showed? Yeah. So custody exchange essentially took a specific scenario. So in their scenario, they had a husband who made 65,000, the wife made um, 35,000. They've had two children. So they looked at across the country. And I think there were 12 states that had essentially a formula. So they ran the formula under that scenario. And they found that Louisiana had the highest amount that under that scenario that a person would receive spousal maintenance. It was upward of 1700 or something around there. So there just was such a variance between the formulas. There are certain states that don't have formulas. And under that scenario, the wife would not have received any spousal maintenance. And those would have been states such as New Mexico, Texas, and then there was one other state. So just seeing the variance across the United States is very interesting, but also concerning for a divorced couple going through this process. 
Yeah, for anyone uh, watching, you can see I've done a, a screen share here from the Custody Exchange. And for those that uh, can't listen, you can check out the video or go to the Custody Exchange's uh, website. But they have these graphs. And that other, that third state that you referenced, as you can remember, Amy, was Virginia, where I went to college. And so I think that's one of those things where I've talked with Brian Walters on this podcast about the difference between Colorado and Colorado and Texas in terms of outcomes. Separate property, we've talked about before, the uh, way that Colorado views separate property is markedly different from other states. And according to the study, and it makes sense to me, it's very different in terms of alimony. And it's great if you're Melanie Wolf and you are getting a divorce and you're being you're re- receiving maintenance in Louisiana because you're going to get substantially more than you would compared to Virginia where you're not going to get any. And Colorado really falls within the, the right in kind of the middle. So when you're comparing Colorado, we it, it, it's in terms of venue or form shopping, we are right in the middle. So there's nothing that was really sticking out. If we move on, I think it's also helpful for people to know that in Colorado, according to the study, the average amount that was awarded was $417 per month. And that is, I think, helpful, Amy, to maybe put into context what judges in Colorado see, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And one thing I would say about the states that, that, like Louisiana and also Florida, they didn't even take into consideration the lower spouse's income at all. So that reflected in why the amounts were so much higher. Right. Yeah. And if we go back, yeah, they did not melt whatever Melanie Wolf made, they don't consider it in Colorado. And they've changed the, they have changed the statute in Colorado in terms of how that is is analyzed. But in, in Colorado, you do take into consideration the spousal or the Melanie Wolf's income. But I think that the that amount is helpful to know in terms of Colorado, the 417, because that then is going to be what the judge, if you go to a court, that's the that's what they are most often seeing. And I think that's helpful just to know that. So if you're asking for substantially more than that, then that the judge, it might raise some eyebrows. Amy, maybe could you maybe comment about the state by state versus in, in Colorado, it's, it could be county by county. Yeah, in Colorado, you're in the mountains, I'm in the metro. Depending on the judge, we could end up with a different maintenance amount. And so the concern is that um, we need to make sure that people have some certainty across the state, um, but also across the nation. So I think that's just showing a trend of needing to look at this information and making sure that it's based off of real financial circumstances. Yeah, you're exactly right. I talked with Robin Beatty about the kind of uh, the manner in which the legislature passed the guidelines. And I remember, Amy, we've been doing this long enough that I, I remember when we did not have the guidelines. Divorce lawyers freaked out. They're like, we're going to be out of a job. It's not just a formula. And they were uh, against it. And they it, that those fears, I think, proved to be unfounded. And as we've discussed, in, especially in our previous episode, the guidelines do not apply or the amount does not apply to 
high income cases, whether it's 240 or 260, depending on inflation, is it does not apply in those high income situations. I think moving on to the duration, this again was interesting that I thought that it was interesting in the sense that not every state that even has a, a guideline on the amount has a guideline for the duration. In Arizona, the minimum was six months, and that's in Arizona. And then in color, or in California, the uh, minimum recommendation was 48 months. Um, but again, Colorado, we fall right within the, the middle. Uh, and the um, duration, the average duration is uh, 39 uh, months. So that gives us a total amount of maintenance. If you multiply 417 per month by 39 months, that gets you to $16,000 and change. And any thoughts on the duration aspect compared to other states, Amy? Yeah, I think it's important to note that under this scenario, it was a marriage that was eight years. So what that means is the marriage of eight years that essentially it would be six months in Arizona and then 48 months in California. So just seeing that like duration discrepancy even across the states is concerning um, because depending on what state you live in, they gave an example of if the if this party, if these if this family lived in Kansas versus California, the husband would be paying $10,000 more in spousal maintenance if he was in California versus uh, Kansas. So seeing that discrepancy is concerning because parties need to have some certainty and it shouldn't just depend on the state that you're living in. And I think my observation is, and I frequently share this with clients, is that that amount people, that's like a real amount to people. So each and every month. And so the difference between $1,000 per month and $1,200, they can really wrap their head around that. So like the $200 difference is, okay, that might be a night out or doing something at a restaurant or they can really conceptualize that $1,200 versus the $1,000. The duration, that is where people, I think, really have a hard time, especially the recipient. The recipient, they don't, it, it's hard for them to delineate between four years and five years. And it's a much smaller number, right? But it really does make way more of a difference. The difference between five years and four years is going to be substantially greater than that 1200 versus a thousand. And so that is where I think people, they don't understand about the guideline duration. And I've heard some judges, they have made the comment that Colorado or that the guideline duration is they feel too long. And if you look at the the study, we we are a little bit on the higher side for the length or the, the duration. California, as we mentioned before, has the longest duration. And then again, Florida. Florida is a great place for Melanie Wolf to go through a divorce and receive spousal support. But Colorado's not, they're not too far off in, in terms of that top section. And so I have seen judges reduce that duration and they've made the comment that they feel like that's too long. And I had a slew of cases, and I'm sure you have, where there's long-term marriages. And when you're looking at the guideline in Colorado, the duration amount goes to 10 years. And so the question is, the guideline doesn't apply 
to marriages over 10 years. And also, if you have high asset cases, maybe there's not a need for maintenance. So even though it's a long-term marriage, there might not be a need. So there might be zero maintenance in those circumstances. We've talked about there. I've had several cases where people, they move from you know a state such as California. We do have a lot of California transplants, New York, especially up in, in the mountains. And one presentation or tactic or argument is, hey, these people, they lived in this particular area. That's where in the maintenance statute or the maintenance would be acts in this state versus Colorado. Ultimately, the judge is going to sit there and say, I- I'm a Colorado judge. I'm going to apply Colorado law. But it gets into the kind of fairness, the equities uh, of the where and to com- compare and contrast. And I think the research presentation and we looked at these graphs in terms of trial presentation, and we're going to have a different episode on preparation for mediation and, and preparation for trial. But in my practice, I've found those graphs to really show how long and how much are these requests and maintenance. What is that? What does that really mean? And when you can show, hey, Melanie Wolf is asking for X, Eric is proposing Y, what is really the difference? Because you could say, you know, it's $1,000 per month over X amount of months. If you compare that to $1,200, it just is like, it's it, to make it less abstract. But I think, again, that gets down to the judge, how willing, like you got to know your judge. It can vary from county to county and judge by judge. And this, again, highlights the study, the difference between Colorado and uh, other states. It can be dramatic. And I think it's helpful for people to understand where does Colorado just on an average stack up? Uh, and then how, what a difference a judge or a state, what that can really be a substantial amount of money. Any other kind of closing thoughts, Amy, on this particular issue? I think for me, just looking at the study can help us with updating the combined gross income and really trying to make it so it's more fair for people going through this. So that's really what my takeaway has been as well. And so an example may be that if you're in front of the court and the combined income is $260,000, you could make an argument, of course, if it's going to benefit your client. Hey, judge, like they didn't, the law did not take into account inflation. And we recognize that the law does not it just hasn't been updated. And we think that's probably an oversight, but this $240,000 then is the equivalent to what it is now and making some of those arguments or asking for uh, the legislature to change and being just mindful of those kind of oversights and, and how we compare to other states. Right. Thanks for joining us on Divorce to Altitude. Hopeful that you, or I hope that you found this episode helpful. If so, please tell a friend and give us a like on whatever podcast platform you listen to. But until next time, thanks for joining us on Divorce Out State. Hey everyone, this is Ryan again. Thank you for joining us on Divorce at Altitude. If you found our tips, insight, or discussion helpful, please tell a friend about this podcast. For show notes, additional resources, or links mentioned on today's episode, visit divorceataltitude.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen in. Many of our episodes are also posted on YouTube. You can also find Amy and me at Kalamea.law or 970-315-2365. That's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A dot law.